Um, okay, okay. Let me get my props for oh. those watching at home. Wow. This is a, maybe not a fifth element first, but definitely a first is being described as props. Emily has vanished from the screen. Um, she has a nice altar in the background. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> so I have this mug. Oh. Yes, I feel like I already know where this is going. <laughs> so everyone, can you see, um, it's just a little, it's just a star mug. It's just a constellation star mug. Wow. And I use this mug to pour my um, freshly made cacao, ghee, uh, cinnamon, nutmeg blend um, oat wow. milk. The so we're going to pour and oh, okay. I need to do it up here. I want everyone to be able to see if this spills, I'm going to literally die. Yeah, don't spill a drop. Oh God. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're watching? It looks so good. Okay, watch the cup. Come on, cup. Oh, I'm spilling. Come on, cup. Oh, here we oh. go. Oh, wow. Look what's happening. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is not magic with a K. It's just magic with a C, and that is enough today. Wow. Yeah. Um. I felt like this would be the audience to appreciate this. Um, for those who are not watching, uh, you're really missing some um, alchemy of uh, mug mugs happening right now. Um, as as the hot liquid is being poured into the vessel, uh, the constellation started coming alive on the mug itself. So. I thought that was a great way to start this conversation because um, we're going to be talking about science, of course. So, Welcome to The Fifth Element, a podcast for people seeking intimate connection with their innermost self through holistic healing, cosmic consciousness, and radical rebirth. We hope each episode is an opportunity for listeners to join the collective journey towards intuition and integration. Science and, um, yeah, tending to the vessel. Yeah, so start off with a little science experiment. Hmm. Um, let me put my other headphone in. Okay. That's right, Elementals, today on the pod, we were talking about something that Emily and I are very excited to chat about. Yeah, this is like, I, I like couldn't sleep last night thinking about recording this. I was getting so <laughs> excited, and it feels very... It feels like a reveal of sorts, a mm. reveal of like what's been going on behind the curtain of like what we believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we're vague for the sake of, you know, not turning people off, I guess, maybe. Mm. No, maybe that's not true. Maybe just being palatable to the expanse but yeah never watering down like our thoughts and feelings right I think but not going as back. not being as explicit as we could right we've definitely held back on certain topics and health has actually been one of the topics that we've held back on despite it being something that we weave into like every single episode mm -hmm. um but because like health has been such a triggering topic for the year that we decided to start our podcast um 2020 for those who are just joining in this new year. 
Um, yeah, it's been very interesting to have like very alternative and non-mainstream views um, about health and wellness during this time. So we're going to mm-hmm. let everyone in on a little bit of that today. I'm so excited. I'm pulling up my notes. I I've have never, mine. I have never had notes for an episode before. So that's mm-hmm. how you know it's real. Like nothing that I've ever talked about before. I've felt the need to like organize and like present. Right. So today we're going to talk about um, science and um, <laughs> theories. Uh, two of those being germ theory and terrain theory. Mm-hmm. Um, now these might be new uh, new concepts to our listeners. They might think the germs, the concept of germs is a theory. Um, yes, actually almost everything in science is a theory because science is a <laughs> fake thing. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Science is a, you know, living process that um, is constantly being reviewed and um, tested and experimented on. And um, obviously it's a man-made study of like, I think you were saying earlier, Keely, before we started recording, like it's it's all in intellect rather Mm -hmm. than intellect and logic and reason. and so it's constantly changing and it's um, open to interpretation and mistakes and updating and revision. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to get into today. Yeah. And I think the only thing I'll add before we jump in is that maybe this is a hot take, but um, like science is a, is a generalization of experience. It's not bio-individual. So, like, you can't put every human with Lyme disease under a microscope. And if you did, you'd get different conclusions because people have their own bodies. And thank goodness for that. So, you know, um, we'll just move on. (laughs) I feel like we've never been this, like, not vague not on purpose like we're not trying to be funny we're actually like or at least I'm actually like what do I want to say um despite my notes okay so I guess to preface at least I want to say that like all conclusions that I've ever come to in my life are based on like my experience and my intuition Mm -hmm. and the beauty of that is like you don't have the same intuition as me so your experiences may have led you to believe other things about yourself and your body that's great I don't have to believe the same things that you do and I don't have to live my life the same way that you do. This conclusion and journey that I've been on has worked greatly for me. Um, I also have an experience um, based on some of what we talked about last season and my experience like in the birth world and working with pregnant women and accompanying them to their medical um prenatal visits and births and all of that. And I got a really like clear discovery from that experience that I did not align with 
a lot of the tenets of Western mainstream allopathic medicine. Mm -hmm. So just like if you are someone that is like gung-ho all for allopathic pharmaceutical um, medical system, like one, why are you listening to this podcast? Two, this probably just won't resonate with you and like, that's fine. Um, But just giving like kind of a background of where I'm coming from. And I've also through like my experience with birth work and my own individual journey, um, learned to like trust and really have like a sense of awe for my body in the way that it heals and the way that it is so beautifully designed and the way that it also like gives messages to me. Um, and in that learning, like that human bodies are so much powerful than like we've ever been led to believe and like so wise. Um, so if you don't have that perspective, yeah, maybe a lot of this won't resonate as well, but that's where I'm coming from. And Keely, I know like you're pretty much the same. Yeah. Obviously I don't have the same experiences as you of, um, you know, being present for births and things like that. Um, but you know, we're not claiming to be doctors or anything like that. Um, and maybe you think that's better or not. It doesn't really matter. Um, but I will say that like in my own experience, I have been drawn to these more alternative methods of medicine and integrative and functional medicine and health paradigms that are inclusive of the whole body, um, and the interconnectedness and intraconnectedness of humanity, um, through my own experience and traversing almost every part of the medical system and specialists and things like that. And so this is a very like personal thing for me. Um, but in that personal investment comes care and concern for other people and wanting to reveal the truth of my own experiences and, um, the possibilities that are out there for the greater good. Yeah. So it's just so beautiful because no matter what everyone is allowed to like, believe what they want to believe really and go on their own journey with like exploring their body and the connection between health and spirituality and wellness and all of the above Mm -hmm. um so I guess when we're talking about germ theory and terrain theory um lots of people have not heard of terrain theory um but germ theory is what we kind of know as the modern like narrative of how people get sick. There are germs out in the world. There are viruses out in the world. There's bacteria um, out in the world and on each other. And um, essentially these things, these germs can like attack your body and like um, invade your immune system. And that's how you get sick. And when you get sick. Mm -hmm. And this arose after um, like, the to throw another theory out there um of there was this ancient theory of miasma which was that um the air was like bad or dirty um and that you know if you like went outside in your house like you would catch the air and you know get sick from that and this has become obviously an obsolete theory um and sounds kind of familiar (laughs) i mean (laughs) The theory being named as such has been declared obsolete, but yeah, take that as you will. And then that has, that evolved into 
Louis Pasteur's um, proposal of Germany. You may have heard of him from pasteurized milk. <laughs> Pasture. Amongst other things, yes. So um, He was a chemist. Yeah, a chemist. And yeah, like Emily said, germ theory is basically the assertion that um, germs in our external world cause disease mm-hmm. and there's nothing we can do about it except sanitize mm-hmm. so louis pasteur he also like pretty much invented like vaccination and so he like came up with this i he's like studied germs and came up with this idea of like how to essentially like prep your body and like prepare against germs this was like in the 1850s 1800s yeah so fairly new like this is a fairly new um concept uh if we think about like the history of the world before that um so then let's uh flip over to terrain theory which is um actually gaining more and more traction now um and again theories mean that like neither of these have been proven to be factual or true like neither both have truths in them both have um you know evidence to back up certain parts of their um findings but it's kind of interesting to look at germ theory and see that it is just that it is just a theory just as terrain theory is so if you're listening to much more widely accepted and like if you subscribe to terrain theory as like the opposing viewpoint then like you are like right attacked right but like yeah and I have like the tea on that aspect Uh it has to do with the witch hunts of the 1600s which has to do um, with the patriarchy oh well of course I mean if we're talking about root causes as we always do Mm -hmm. um so well let me just give the other like historical context of the terrain theory was um I don't remember if he like proposed this as the name probably not because all these people were chilling in France but um Antoine Bechamp was the person who proposed that and terrain theory is basically um saying that your susceptibility to disease or um like confrontation with bacteria um and its ability to (laughs) like harm the body is determined by um an individual's terrain health or like physiological health um so that is the difference of germ theory is saying okay it's inevitable there are germs out there we're gonna get sick um and then terrain theory is saying basically that you need to like your individual health is what's going to not saying that those bacteria and germs don't exist but you can defend yourself against them or like you know acquiring acquiring or like getting being susceptible to disease based on improving and optimizing your immune system right yeah the um main difference i think there was that bacteria is present in both and with germ theory bacteria was seen as like an invader of what caused you to be sick and in terrain theory the bacteria was present because the tissues were like breaking down and the cells were reacting to Mm -hmm. the environment that like 
that it was in. So both, it's just like a different way of looking at the same exact thing, which is all of what science is. Like science is, this is a hot take, but it's what (laughs) I believe. Science is literally humans, like mostly men because men were the original like scientists talking about what, this is going to be so bad, (laughs) talking about what like women know intuitively to be true. So I was just going to say, you said said men are most, most, or like, I forget what you said exactly, but about like men being like scientists, but originally like women were intuitively the healers. Well, yeah. So we can get into that. Um, I was going to give the example of like, like, you and I, we picked up on astrology really quickly because it was like very intuitive to feel in tune with like the energy, the rhythm of life, the rhythm of the seasons. Like astrology is a very ancient um, language essentially to read. And like, it made a lot of sense to us. Mm -hmm. Um, There are men in my life that like study astrology and like listen to like podcasts and books and like, it doesn't it doesn't like click the same way. And this is not like, obviously this is generalization and I'm being kind of like funny clearly. Um, But it's, that's how I think about it. Like, oh, you're like trying to learn something that is like intuitive to me. Right. I think that's kind of how I feel about science. This idea of like mastery, like, oh, I want to learn something because I want to understand it. Like I want to like lord over this information. Right. It's like, you can't lord over the cosmos. I mean, and look at what we've done to birth. Like, mm. and this is is kind of going back to the uh, like start of kind of like the medical system and what Keely was referring to with like the women healers. Like what we've done to birth is completely tried to um, intellectualize it, medicalize it, make it very technological and if anyone's um, knows anything about anything, birth is a physiological process that is best left like alone. Like you would never do what you do to a woman in birth. You would never do that to an animal when they were giving birth. Like you literally like leave the animal alone because you know, if you interfere, they're gonna like attack you. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think it's good to kind of, look at when this came on the scene and I yeah, want what everyone else was going on take yeah us, take us back to the well, 1800s I was just gonna say I want everyone to like like close their eyes and think of like the earliest civilization you can imagine um what was the structure like what was the setup what was the hierarchy what were the men and the women doing in the villages what were their roles um you probably get this image of, uh, you know, a hunter gatherer type of society where mm-hmm. the men are more doing the food collecting, they're doing the bartering, they're kind of working the land, they're um, building shit, they're doing like trades and negotiations and things like that. The women were um, basically running the community, they were organizing, they were, um, you know, nourishing the community with food. Um, they also were the primate primary healers of, um, 
anything that was going on in the community. So because women were um, the midwives and women were the ones that like would deliver each other's babies, they also were just kind of like the family, um, the family healer. So they were the ones with the knowledge of herbal remedies and, um, you know, things like uh, which foods to eat for what and how to keep your family healthy, essentially. Um, and there wasn't a lot for the men to do in those areas when there was something wrong, like the local midwife or the local woman healer was called. And then if we think of the, um, the witch hunts around, you know, the 16th, 17th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th century, essentially, um, this was all happening at the same time that the medical system became professionalized and that like medical school and medical universities became more popular. Um, obviously women were barred from these. So um, along with kind of the takeover of the Catholic church and like church in general, um, there became this like active, active takeover of the medical world from women healers and midwives to these like male medical professionals. Um, and this was done by, you know, basically like propaganda. And if we look back at like the beginning of the church and the messages that they were giving about women and how, um, yeah, it was also like a class separation thing. So the ruling classes, the upper class, upper classes, um, started to bring in these male medical professionals, even though a lot of the times they had no idea what they were doing. They were studying, um, you know, these things that women had been doing for since the beginning of time. Um, a lot of these also being birth, um, or the main thing being birth in this situation. So the like rich ruling class would um, bring in like these men to deliver their babies, but women remained the healers and like um, the go-to people for like the poor and the peasant community for a long time until like the um, real like witch hunts began, which are still going on really. Um, but before, so like to bring all that back to what we're talking about now, like before 1789, which is when like Louis Pasteur kind of came on to the scene, um, epidemic diseases were attributed to like toxins in the environment, like you were saying, like the air or even like I read something about like astrology, like people being able to predict mm -hmm. when like plagues were coming. And, um, you know, it was which very- Which the stars have historically. Exactly. Predicted. Right. It <laughs> was very- to do so. Right. It was very like spiritual, the way that people looked at illness. Um, and so when the medical um, industry started becoming professionalized and the church started coming to power, they were like, we need, I mean, this is me like projecting onto them. But if you study the, the patterns, it's very clear that there was a need to take back power from the people. So it was a shift from, you know, disease is a kind of this like psychosomatic thing that's, um, you know, 
based on different toxins and different environmental factors. And um, there's a spiritual component to it. And you can heal by laying your hands on people and with different like spells and herbs. And it became, um, it became very clear that there needed to be a, a way for like these medical professionals to be useful and for the church to be useful in these scenarios. So it shifted from, um, you know, it, honestly, like it shifted from like women healers, like laying hands and being able to like do like spells essentially to what we think of now as like prayers and like the laying of hands by priests, similar things, different vessels to do so. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the time when the germ theory came on the scene. Like how can we basically convince these people that they need professionals, like that they need us, that they need uh, someone in power to like tell them something about their body that they don't know. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, we're talking a lot this season about codependency and yeah, this is another realm in which it dwells. It's not isolated to interpersonal and romantic relationships. It is everywhere in our society. And that's what a lot of systems and institutions thrive on is our being dependent on right profitable industries so like the healthcare system is one of them and this is everything you're saying is like what laid the found the foundation right. the groundwork for this to happen right like setting the scene is really important for realizing like because it's pretty it's pretty hard to think like accepting this is difficult because you have to like one know that like you're more powerful than you've ever been led to believe like your body is so powerful and so wise and like most people go their entire life without realizing that and two you have to kind of like take off your rose-colored glasses of all of these like powers that be and realize that there's kind of a more like insidious um agenda at play like not mm -hmm. that there's one not that like obviously it's not like you go to medical school and you learn this it's just the foundation that was set it's the intention on which these things were built um it wasn't like a pure intention it was a take back of power mm -hmm. from like the people right and I think a lot of people don't look at these types of things through a justice lens or you know because it's not apparent and like yeah last thing anyone wants is like another thing that they have to be you know mm -hmm. walking on eggshells around thinking about or commenting on but you know this is um this is an important realization that people or like awakening that people need to right. have of like seeing through the fact that like okay you go to um the doctor or the emergency room or something and like obviously those people are trying to get you out of pain or things like that but the system in which this functions and thrives on and is only as big and prosperous as it is is because there are people in the background or preceding years and generations prior whose agenda in making things the way that they are operating today for the sake of making money or yeah. you know keeping people sick so they keep coming back. 
Yeah. It's a business. It's all for profit. And that's um, obviously not on people's, on, it's not in the back of the mind of the bright eyed no. people who go to medical school and things like that. But you know, it's just, it's something that we need to talk about because it's yeah. happening. It's looking at the system at large and realizing the greater implications of like what's going on. Right. Because if we think of the foundations of health, um, you know, like good food that's not poisoned, good clean water that's not poisoned, air that's not poisoned, sleep that's not interrupted, and like keeping your stress levels down. Five things that we literally like cannot do in this society. Like Mm -hmm. it's so toxic. Um, So again, it's not putting the blame on even people. It's just like what we've come to be as a society. Like we live with so many toxins that are like destroying our bodies. And we've talked before how insane it is that we have to have, or have, we choose to have air filters, water filters, Mm -hmm. um, blue light blockers, red light therapy, like all of these things to just get us back to homeostasis, like putting our money into things like organic, clean food. Um, and it's, it's really like jarring to think of how much effort it, takes money. to just get back right to just get back to like our birthright as humans to live like in a pure environment that's like conducive to health right and then there are so many just external factors that we can't avoid that prevent us from even returning to as natural and like authentic a state as we're meant to exist in yeah so it's like we have to like invest and do all this extra work just to be as good as we can possibly get right And the reason for doing that is keeping your terrain, which is what we talked about earlier, like your body as in an optimal state as it can be. So when things like stressors and toxins, and I don't think of it as like disease or germs anymore, or like a bad virus, because if Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the microbiome and gut health in in a different episode at length, but I'm sure we'll touch on it here, like (laughs) viruses are actually good. You have tons of viruses in your body, tons of bacteria, but like if your body's not in an optimal, optimal state, um, of course, like it's like not going to end well and not going to go well. And yeah, this is hard also to talk about because it assumes that like you're putting the blame on someone for their poor health. And like, I think what we always try to get at is that like, we talk about these things because we want to live in a world where like people are aware of the toxins, where glyphosate stops being sprayed on our food and we playgrounds. Right. So it's like, we need to talk about these things and we need to not shy away from these conversations because it can be hard for people to hear like someone needs to be talking about these things so that we can stop poisoning ourselves right or even just oh like awaken to the reality that that's happening i mean yeah and it's insane it's not just some magic potion that kills your weeds (laughs) like and Mm -hmm. thus improves your life like (laughs) i know it's really it's really hard um And we've talked about like the pharmaceutical industry before, maybe I feel like we've definitely like touched on it. Um, But that is a big, like 
whenever I have these conversations with anybody, I'm like, I just want you to like follow the money in a couple of these scenarios. Like for me, it's always easier, easiest to start talking about this with people in the name of birth and the birth world, because it's Mm -hmm. very clear that like using drugs for birth is a very new thing. Like the human race has been like continuing (laughs) without them for (laughs) millennia. Um, And so it's like, huh, why, like, why is it illegal in some states for a woman to like give birth at home with no intervention? And why when you give birth in the hospital, you can rack up like an $18,000 bill because of everything that's being injected into you? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not because they care about women. Newsflash. <laughs> like, I guess people just, I don't know. I think some people would just rather not know. And I don't know how you can live like that. I'm right? like, I need to know like what everyone's doing to me. Like, so I can act accordingly. Right. Like if you really think like medicine and like pharmaceutical drugs have advanced, then like, why must why would Pitocin be so expensive? Right. Like, and why do you have to stay on these things for life? Like it's really Mm. hard. Um, and, and once again, I think this is rooted for both of us in a belief that our body is self-healing and, and like for good, like your body Mm -hmm. exists to heal itself. Yeah. And that is exactly, I think the discrepancy for me between German Turing theory of like, I don't understand why anyone would want to believe in germ theory Mm -hmm. because terrain theory is not saying, you know, there are no germs. It's saying that your body innately has the capacity to protect you and, you know, heal and, you know, not lay victim to everything that it comes in contact with. It's saying that you don't need to walk around in a bubble or a hazmat suit, you know, to live your life and be okay. Um, It's, it's, if anything, like calling you to be more in your power and more in your like responsibility personally and socially to do everything in your power to be healthy. Right. And to optimize your health and your immune system and just, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. And I think that's an uncomfortable thing for people to want to accept because there's the harsh reality that we don't live in a society that gives us the time, space, energy, or funds to live an optimally healthy life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like, I think exactly what you're saying with like the victim mindset, like what industries would crumble if we learned that our bodies were like destined to heal and like (laughs) like that we could with proper nutrition sleep and environment that we could live healthy lives that don't need any saving from anybody like our economy would collapse one thousand percent which is exactly why it's not widely accepted as Mm -hmm. scientifically valid Right. And I can hear now people being like, you know, the privilege. And I think I really let go of that, like of shying from talking, Mm -hmm. shying away from talking about things like this when 
I mean, honestly, it was like one, once again, when I was like living with pregnant women and witnessing birth, because everyone has, everyone has a want to like, the first things that you hear when like a baby is born is like, oh, at least like they're healthy or like, you know, happy and healthy is kind of like the key phrase for like what people deem as, you know, a good start to life. Just like 10 fingers, 10 toes, healthy. And so like health is on people's minds. Like it's, it, it is like a known fact that like health is important. I think everybody wants to give like the best foundation of health that they can for their kids. And that's like where kind of life begins and how I think about it. And so why are we kind of just going along and not questioning, questioning anything and not talking about these things and not giving people maybe like us who are going to be in positions of privilege and power, who can make these things happen, who can um, focus on programs that provide organic food to people in food deserts, who can um, petition against like incinerators in Baltimore being put next to schools. Like if we live in a world that like, it's just, it's just, it just happened. Like you just happen to get sick. Like uh -huh. it just is going to happen to everyone. Some people are just born sick. It's like, you're giving up on everyone. Like you're giving up on your right. fellow human beings. Like I see it so differently now. I'm like, I can't, I can't not talk about the effects of fentanyl during your labor and what that's going to do like for your baby like it's not shaming you for me to tell you that because you deserve to know what's being done to you right it's it's like this mentality of like oh well, it's it's flu season so everyone's gonna get the flu no right no never right. have I gotten the flu and it's right. not because I get a flu shot every year I can tell you that right and it's because yeah. this time of year rolls around. I feel the changing of the seasons, right? And I'm like, okay, let me uh, start optimizing my immune system. Let me eat more biodiverse foods. Let me spend all summer out in the sun and, you know, increasing my microbiome flora with chlorophyll rich foods and all these things. I could go mm -hmm. on and on because I think about these things all summer long as like, it's like, you know, when bears like eat a bunch of food and then they go to sleep and hibernate for months on end, like- mm -hmm they have to nurse themselves preemptively. Like you got to think ahead. And again, there's privilege in having the time and, you know, the energy to be able to put that work in. But at the same time, it's like, it works. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And if you sorry. are just, if you're spending your whole life sick, then how are you going to have the energy to care for other people or to mm -hmm. educate other people or, serve other people like it's okay to be healthy and live an optimal life like it's not it's your it's how you were designed to be like all of what we are seeing now is because we've like strayed so far from like our original design as humans mm -hmm. like we used to not have to think about oh let me up my vitamin d supply because the seasons are changing like it just you just lived in accordance with like what the earth was giving you like you just right we've and we've also strayed so far from that like we don't eat in accordance with the seasons <laughs> like how beautiful is it, is it and you know this way more than me but like that the food that naturally like is growing from the earth at certain times of the year provides the nutrients exactly and the vitamins exactly what you need for that season like beautiful right and like you know 
spoiler alert for back to our glyphosate roundup weed killer (laughs) conversation like weeds grow up out of the earth where they need to like weeds are one of the most nutrient dense medicinal things on the face of the planet and they intuitively grow up out of the earth in places where those nutrients are most needed Mm. Mm -hmm. city blocks and sidewalks (laughs) sidewalks where the earth has been paved over things like that makes me like want to cry like thinking about like like the earth is like looking out for us in ways that like we aren't I'm literally gonna cry thinking about weeds every time I think about weeds I get emotional (laughs) like invasive (laughs) invasive plants like they're not invasive like we dub like like vines and like ivy is like invasive like they're just doing their job like you put that building there you're the one who brought bamboo over here to the city of baltimore where it didn't want to be oh my god and even this is gonna say i was hesitating telling this story but obviously i'm going to because i don't (laughs) care because once again it's like i would if germ theory makes you feel safe and like allows you to live your best life, I love that for you. Like, I don't need everyone to be on my side. Like, I love that I can, this works for me. I haven't been mm-hmm. sick in two years. Like I'm mm-hmm. thriving. And I was going to tell the story because when I was like researching germ theory and train theory, like at the beginning of um, last year March 2020 like the beginning of the pandemic Mm -hmm. because I was like I'm not scared like why am I not scared like everyone's Mm -hmm. scared of getting sick and I was like one I'm just not scared and then two like I know that if I am like I'm most likely to be fine and I feel like in control over that but that's what got me researching germ theory and terrain theory and so there were lots of like scenarios that I had to think about to like see if I really believed like that germs weren't a thing like I in one of them that I've thought about a lot because and once again it's going to come back to birth I'm sorry everyone but don't apologize Leo rising birth keeping <laughs> right one of them this and this is like my passion area in the birth world like letting people know like how we freaking got to where we were uh-huh. um where we are but one of them was that you know they're the so after men took over the um, birth world, like, you know, smeared midwives and like pushed them out of their ancient roles, um, there was a sharp like decline of maternal mortality when um, hand washing came on the scene. And so this has been, you know, attributed to like, well, of course, like, because um, these you know, male physicians, these like OBGYNs, I guess they would be called today, would literally go from like prepping like a dead person's body to like delivering a baby, like, and there was no hand washing. And so a big, um, a big, you know, defender, I don't know the word, cause of like germ theory or like proof for germ theory is that like, okay, well, look at what hand washing has done. And I had to sit with this for a while because I was like, yeah, like, Uh Uh-huh. But then, but then I was like, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy, but I've, and I feel like I almost have to weave in another story before I say this to justify myself. Like 
there have been so many instances in like the birth world where the power of like the mind, um, the mind body, the psychosomatic connection is like proven to me over and over again. One of the most recent stories that I've heard that like proves this to me was, um, a woman was hemorrhaging after birth. Um, so like bleeding a lot, but also like obviously like losing consciousness and fainting because like bleeding isn't inherently bad. But she was really like, you know, she was she was probably gonna pass out. And <clears throat> the midwife um, told her like, uh, or the, the birth attendant that was there was like, okay, I'm gonna go make you a tea that's going to stop your bleeding. And when you drink the tea, like, I'm going to tell your body to stop bleeding. I'm going to tell your uterus to, to stop. So she goes downstairs and she just boils a cup of like green tea. Like there's no specific herbs or anything in there that's going to like stop the bleeding. She brings it back to the mom and she's like, your bleeding will stop now. She like gives it to the mom. The mom takes a sip and sure enough, like her bleeding starts subsiding. Mm-hmm. And like those stories are not rare. Like talk to anybody who even like placebo effect, like it works. Like your mind is so powerful. Right. And it works without putting your body at the expense of harmful chemicals or like foreign substances and things that it doesn't right. innately have. Right. So to bring that back to the hand washing and the vagina thing, I was like, well, what if the intention of this person going from dead body to like birth, you know, like tragic situation to, um, you know, witnessing a more like sacred ceremony? What if the the pause in between that they're taking to wash their hands is not actually the process of sanitation, but they're more like cleansing the, uh, the energetic space between the two events and then entering into like the, the, the flip of like, or the, the thought of hand washing and sanitation being more of like, I need to be clean or like, I need this to be like a sacred start or like a fresh start Mm -hmm. and just knowing what I know about like the cervix I'm like she would respond (laughs) well she would respond well to that energy of like sanitation like maybe it wasn't actually um the germs themselves so but even when I hear myself say that I'm like that's a little out there but I think that also like ritual like cleansing is everywhere it's in the catholic mass like in the liturgy of the eucharist it's you know water in and of itself is just such a spiritual thing so I mean yeah that's true like water I didn't even think about that because like you know they didn't have like soap (laughs) just like water Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, it is getting to the point where I'm almost like at that point where I'm like, (laughs) like, I, I, like I said, I haven't been sick in close to two years. Mm -hmm. And when I do start to like, feel like something coming on, I literally just like have a conversation with my body and I'm like, what's going on? Like, what do you need? Do you need more sleep? Do you need more water? Do you need me to take a bath? Do you need me to like cancel something what's stressing you out and like that has worked every time like if I go to sleep like congested or I don't know like a headache or something that is usually the on start of like me being sick and I just like check in and Mm -hmm. trust my body and like ask what it needs I usually get an answer and like that has not come easily that's come through years of me like doing this somatic work 
and like healing modalities on my body, but I think everyone has like, that's available for everyone. Right. Yeah. (laughs) There's like, uh, like just like crazy parallels happening, like in my mind visually, but I like, can't put words to them, which happens to me sometimes, but, um, yeah, it's like a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I think one of the, um, biggest flaws from my perspective with germ theory is like the like compulsive sanitization that needs to take place (sighs) and I think that's a huge problem one because how will our bodies ever build immunity to germs when they are only confronted with that 0.01 percent that's not killed by those Mm 99.99 percent killing germs Lysol wipes and things you know mm-hmm. like we need to build immunity we need to like be confronted with things it's like when um I feel like I always hear like um like when my parents and like grandparents like growing up when one kid got chicken pox like they put all the kids in one room so they'd all get chicken pox at the same time um because then you like build immunity to it mm-hmm yeah, which is another chickenpox was another hole I needed to go down because I'm like, okay, what about contagiousness? Like, if germs yeah. don't exist, then what about contagiousness? Um, and a lot of once again, this is like a working theory, like just the same as germ theory. Like it's mm-hmm. a, the same type of scientific label. They're both theories, but this theory was really focusing on like environmental toxins. So, um, you know, usually if there was like a chickenpox party, it's you know, within the same like town or school or something. So um, what is in the uh, like local food? Um, Like what is everyone eating in that town? What's going on like with the weather or, um, you know, the air or what, yeah, what environmental factors are being, um, you know, what toxins are being affected and like, especially with kids and like, with now everybody being on like the same like vaccination schedules, it's going to be like pretty um, common that certain like certain symptoms of illnesses pop up around the same time for kids. So like, yeah, the concept of chicken pox parties I now look at like really differently because it's not like, oh, chicken pox is just like jumping from my skin to another. It's like what, or, you know, my skin to yours. It's like what, yeah, it's a really exciting way to look at things. I don't know. I really like it. And it and it I think like exactly what you said gives you more power and um lets you live in less fear. And like honestly, the fear that I live in is like, oh my gosh, I'm living in a world that's so like poisoned. Like I'm going to be bringing my kids into a world that like it's really hard to stay healthy in a world that wants you sick like yeah and obviously we're not saying like oh if you go drink a gallon of elderberry syrup then like you can like be you can go on vacation at chernobyl like that's that's not what we're saying like no you can minimize your like toxic load and toxic burden and you know exposure to germs we're not saying don't wash your hands we're not saying don't take a shower like obviously um those 
things you can decide to do on your own. But like what we're saying is you're not powerless in this situation in terms of um, like, like germs are not stronger than you. Yeah. I mean, I remember, yeah, I was going to say, I remember reading something like at the beginning of the pandemic that was um, something the effect of an Instagram post that was like, um, like germs should be afraid of your immune system, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Like we were designed to survive and to thrive, not to live in fear. And we all know that that has, maybe we don't all know, but you and I talk about all the time of like, just that notion of living in fear has such a detrimental effect on your immunity and your overall physiological and emotional mm-hmm. and all these different types of health within the body. And so like, why wouldn't you want to put yourself, even if you don't subscribe to terrain theory hundred percent or at all, like either way, wouldn't you want to be living a life that is proactively putting yourself in the best position to thrive? Right. Yeah. I do. I know. And that's like where the emotional component comes in with health, obviously. Mm -hmm. As you were saying that, it reminded me of like, um, like talking a little bit about like the specifics of like, I'm scared to say the word because I don't want to get like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the the virus that's been circulating recently. Um, You know, there was so much talk and there still is about like this concept of comorbidities and underlying conditions. Mm, mm, and I mm. was like, I was like, Oh, like we're talking about terrain theory a little yeah. bit. Like all of a sudden y'all are talking about terrain theory when it suits your narrative. And, um, that was really interesting to see terrain theory being, being talked about, but still the like prevention was very much germ theory. So it's mm-hmm. like, it was like, you know, yeah, you're um, one of the comorbidities that was talked about the most was like obesity. So it was like, if you're obese, you're more at a risk for this virus. So just social distance, wash your hands and wear a mask. And it's like, mm, you just were talking about terrain, terrain theory. Yeah. Like when you're talking about certain people's metabolic tissues being more affected than others because of the terrain of their body. And then mm-hmm. you're just telling them to combat it with the other opposite narrative theory, like you have a recipe for disaster. Why were you not talking about um, vitamin D supplementation? And well, we know why they weren't talking about these things because, but yeah, so that (laughs) was antithetical to say that vitamin D would be a helpful um, immunity uh, optimizer when they're telling us to stay inside and not see the sun. We're just pointing out the flaws in the logic, people. We're just, we're just, it, it's, it, it was a very interesting time to have already come to these conclusions about health and wellness and then see this all play out and just be like, oh, like this isn't about health or wellness. And I get how emergency situations exist, obviously, but I was just very, you know, concerned the whole year and even into this year, how there's literally no conversations about health Hmm. being taken place. There's none. There's only conversations about disease taking place and it's putting everyone in a horrible state of fear and dependency. And then if you do talk about, you do try to talk about preventative measures or you do try to talk about health, you get labeled like 
a virus denier because apparently two things can't exist at once. You can't both recognize that a virus um, is affecting people's terrain and you can't, you know, you can't talk about how to boost your terrain because that's, yeah. Well, and talking about things like obesity being a comorbidity is not fat shaming. No. (laughs) And comorbidities are not comorbidities only in comparison to there being a virus that is killing people. Like a comorbidity is a comorbidity, even when the virus is gone. Yeah. (sighs) Viruses don't just go away. Sorry, everyone. Like, yeah. It's just here. So, Um, that for us. Should we talk about some practical ways to uh, optimize immunity? Yeah. Um, My number one, because I'm not as good as you with like the foods. I mean, I have trouble eating (laughs) a lot of the time. Like, I just like, yeah, I, it's tough for me to remember. but the number one thing for me is like stress and that emotional component. Like mm-hmm. I remember for like the couple of months that I was traveling up until the pandemic when I was like recruiting on the road and I would be staying in different hotels in different cities multiple times a week, flying two or three times a week, like going to all these different college campuses, um, exposing myself quotes for people who aren't watching on YouTube to a lot of germs. And I was so happy and like so not stressed and I was having so much fun and I was in like two different kinds of therapy that I was really consistent with and I was staying active and like I didn't get sick and I truly believe that it's like because I was in alignment with like my body like I felt Mm -hmm. like my body and I were like on the same page and I felt very stress-free. And so I do think that stress, I mean, inflammation is the root of all disease and stress causes inflammation. And so um, in a world that is prepping you from birth to be in a time of chronic, uh, in a state of chronic stress, Mm -hmm. um, taking simple steps to combat that, such as just like prioritizing sleep and um, addressing trauma and surrounding yourself with people that support you and like taking yourself out of like abusive or stressful situations um is I believe like the root of health at least in my life Mm -hmm. yeah that's been huge for me too and I think it's something that people don't think about of like yeah, like when you're stressed, it again, like you said, forces your body into a state of like inflammation more so than usual and like releasing histamine and which a ton of people have intolerances to and we're eating inflammatory foods and we're, you know, in front of inflammatory lights and things like that. There's so much stuff going on and stress just really triggers that in a deep way and also perpetuates it and it's mm-hmm. much harder to heal from like chronic stress um things that come up from chronic stress like stress like adrenal fatigue and you know right. things like that um 
but there's lots you can do to help with that. Obviously identify stress triggers and factors in your life. Um, eat lots of adaptogenic foods. Um, ashwagandha is a great herb if you're looking for supplementation, things like that. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. It needs to be a conscious choice, like to take responsibility for your life and your health. Like Mm -hmm. you need to make the choice to start questioning things and take responsibility, which is really hard. Like I, um, I think about a lot of women that I know that are trying to transition off of birth control in hopes of like having kids maybe in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. And they're realizing that, oh, like shutting down my hormonal system for the past 10 years of my life, like was not good medical advice. (laughs) Like shutting down a major part of my body um, actually leads to a ton of imbalance and health issues. And so having to struggle now with, you know, a lot of women are prescribed birth control when they're 12, 13 years old, like Mm -hmm. not in a place to advocate yourself for yourself in that way. Mm -hmm. But now having to really take like even more than we talk about, like in this situation, like radical self-responsibility of not only do I have to heal my body from or kind of like get it back just to a place of equilibrium, which is basically reversing like 10 years of damage or five years of damage or whatever it is, but also start reckoning with the idea that like, yeah, I was lied to. And that's the huge thing. The physical and emotional healing. And like you were saying with the, um, uh, like the tea, you know, uh, about like making the tea to stop the hemorrhaging, like the power of the mind is... Mm -hmm far more superior than anything else we can be doing. Yeah. And this is why things like meditation and breath work and things like that are just going to be so potent in terms of healing and building resiliency of the body in face of these stressors. It's not to say like, it's impossible to eliminate stress from your life. Like stressful things happen. And some stress is good. Cortisol and adrenaline in, in doses are good. They're great. Right. Exactly. And so, but, you know, to live in that state constantly will ultimately be the greatest detriment to your health and well-being. Mm-hmm. I can tell you firsthand. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> if you're curious. Right. Like once be. again, we're, we're telling you these from like the passion and conviction doesn't just come from reading an article or listening to a podcast. Oh, like this is our lived experience. And it's a little scary to have that just to be that be like shut down for the past year in these conversations about health. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was even triggered earlier, like reading stuff online and like, I guess, I guess this is a hot acronym to use for like when referring to alternative medicine, it was like, it's called so-called alternative medicine. And it's only referred to as the acronym scam. And I was Uh like, and like I was like looking at, I was reading these articles and it was just talking about how like, oh, like scams don't work and they're just like money laundering schemes, like blah, blah, all this stuff. And I'm just like, you can't sit here and say that it doesn't work because I can tell you firsthand it's worked like miracles for me. Right. Not really miracles, but I thought they were miracles at the time because I had never in like 20 something years of my life of like right. seeing a hundred thousand doctors like been helped. So 
Like I'm not sitting here saying allopathic medicine doesn't work. I know it works, but it doesn't work for everyone. And it doesn't always work in the way that you think. And it doesn't always not cause trauma or further problems or iatrogenesis. Like, (laughs) well, it's like, what's your definition of work to have your body be dependent on a medication that you have to take every day for the rest of your life? Like, is that your I think that is some people's definition of works. Like if I don't have to feel it, if I don't have to feel the pain, then like it worked. Like Mm -hmm. that's what medicine now we know it as like, that's the definition that we know it as. Like if we think of Tylenol, it's a pain reliever. No one knows what it does. They just take it and they're like, it works. Well, do you know what that's doing to your organs and your gut lining? Also like, oh, it like it, it, acetaminophen made my like fever go down. It's like, who told you fevers are bad? Um, yeah, who, everyone, but right? they're not conversation for another time. I mean, but, yeah, but, like, you okay, go on but, and on. And, but that is what germ theory is all about. It's like, it's, it is coming from that fear-based mindset of like, oh, if I just, if I just clean everything, if I like, don't go to these places or I don't like, you know, if I wash my hands, then I never have to confront the reality of like The way I like don't sick. wash my hands. Honestly. <laughs> germs or like viruses are and bacteria like are good yeah if you have an optimal optimal system it's tough you have to relearn everything you know you need to realize that you've been lied to and some people are going to live their best lives never diving into those things they're going to turn this off they're going to go back to their um lives and they're not going to be changed and like that's fine but I know that's not the type of people that you and I are obviously we like dive into everything really deeply and like that's worked for us but blame it on the eighth house people sorry I mean Aquarians they're always looking towards the future and like uh, the future ain't bright folks on this path so (laughs) we gotta we gotta shift to something because this situation of how we're viewing health Mm-hmm. It ain't working. It's not sustainable because guess no. what? When COVID is over, a new virus is going to come on. And then in a couple of years, another new virus, because we live in a world of like bacteria and viruses and it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to acknowledge, like, I think I could see how absolutely like triggering and hurtful it would be to hear like I mentioned Lyme disease at the beginning um and you know not every person who gets bitten by a Lyme ridden tick gets Lyme disease Mm -hmm. it's the reality like there's a reason for that Mm -hmm. and you know it it is probably like I, I know Lyme is like a very serious and like life altering illness mm-hmm. and I'm not denying that in any way. If anything, I'm like bringing light to that because to hear that it could have been prevented. Right. Is like a really hard thing to like know. But I think all the more reason to bring light to it of like, yes, yeah, I don't want the people that I love or anyone at all to like have to go through that life, you know, and to, you know, have to be so on top of it and take so many medications and antibiotics and bee venom therapy and all these other things. Right. Just to, again, get to an equilibrium where you can like function. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, this is why it's so important to 
take preventative action for the sake of it's not preventative action in the sense of like oh i'm going to like frantically like you know wash my hands or shut myself away from the world or things like that and i know we're like generalizing germ theory practices but um it's a matter of like oh no i'm going to take ownership of my health and my immune system and trust in my body's innate wisdom and get in touch with it and learn to communicate with it and you know live for the sake of wanting to live the most bountifully healthy life that Mm -hmm. i can and again to thrive yeah you have the power to put yourself in that position like exactly nobody wants to talk about that like that is that's incredible well that's incredible right and i think that people that do have experience with those really complex debilitating autoimmune disorders like Mm -hmm. lyme disease like we both know and love people with lyme disease very close Mm -hmm. to us and it is equally as harmful to like, or I I guess what I was trying to say is people that have those conditions and have those experiences of like coming up against blocks in the medical, in the like the allopathic, like Western medical system of like, we don't know how to handle this. Like this is just a condition that you live with. And then they find things like bee venom therapy (laughs) and like, you know, all of these different types of scams like (laughs) alternative therapies that change their lives and allow them to live their lives again and like that's what we're talking about in that like you've been lied to and lots of people with Mm -hmm. these conditions have been lied to blatantly to their faces and they have to choose resilience in that moment to keep fighting for like the the knowledge that they know that like they're they can heal because they're basically told like you're just gonna live with this and that's right. Not true. If they're if they're told that there's anything wrong at all, sometimes you're the one who's told that you're lying. Oh, ex- yeah. I mean, right. I mean, the trauma. It, there's so many levels. But I think back to practical ways of. Oh yeah, sorry. We went optimization. <laughs> <laughs> I could. T- this is like the one, th- probably even more than birth, because I think birth ties into this. Like, mm-hmm. I could talk about this for the rest of my life, every single day. I'm yeah. so like passionate about healthcare and bodily autonomy and like freedom and sovereignty and taking responsibility. Like it just is, it's life. Like this is the right. root of life. Do you yeah, want to and- live or do you want to like be decaying and rotting away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'd think like the healthcare system would be like trying to help you live more and at your best, but alas, anyways. um, Okay. So I would say my greatest like practical advice just from my own personal research and experience and everything is like heal your gut, heal your life, people. I mean, gut, 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 like gut health is like a hot topic because, you know, there's all these like people selling probiotics and kombucha and all this stuff, which is great. Um, But it is not just like a new diet fad. It is absolutely undeniably so important it's the oldest fad in the history of the world like it's the right it's it's everything right and so i mean your gut lining i mean your gut houses 70 percent of your immunity your mm-hmm. immune system and 80 percent of antibodies are also housed in the gut and i mean if you think about like oh what is the gut it's like where you like break down and digest food and then the the nutrients get absorbed into your body and all your body like knows where to send each thing right and like one 
goals and two I mean not goals like we already all have that but like I mean goals that we possess that exactly exactly um and so wouldn't you want that thing to be something that you intentionally like care for and love and nourish and speak kind words to Mm -hmm. maybe not that far but like I mean you're definitely that far your gut lining is a single cell thick and so you can imagine how fragile it is it's one cell thick people like one cell thick so it becomes hyper permeable meaning that the nutrients leach out into places and like get lost when we don't take care of the gut and heal the gut and strengthen those walls those cell walls and things like that so it's so important to be eating like warm and nourishing foods like it's cold outside you shouldn't be eating cold foods you should be eating warm foods you should be eating this is my like campaign for the year everyone needs to get on the train soup is the new cereal I eat soup for breakfast every day and I look forward to it every morning when I wake Mm -hmm. up and like you know we need to be eating healing foods probiotic foods prebiotic foods take a supplement if you aren't getting enough of that in your foods which you probably aren't and um I mean there's a hundred other things I could tell you aloe vera is working wonders and you know there it's just so many things but what I'm telling you is if you're constantly like using like endocrine disrupting, I know it's a different system, but it's all connected, like endocrine disrupting, like sanitizing products and shampoos and things like that. It's throwing off the balance of everything in the body and like killing your valuable gut microbiome flora. And it's just like really like I'm getting distressed. Yeah. Like no, we're going to do, we're going to do an episode solely on gut health. Oh, that's come. true. I'll save. So I'll save we'll that. get into that. But as you were talking I don't know when, how we're going to wrap this up, but one of the last things that I want to say, because when you're talking about gut health and I'm just thinking about how pretty much everyone I know, like has some digestive issue or another, or some like Mm -hmm. pooping issue or another, or, you know, we have these, even these like colloquial things that we say like, oh, trust your gut or like my stomach's in knots or like Mm -hmm. I have a pit in my stomach. Like we know that this is an emotional center of like, right. And so I just want to leave people with, I'm probably going to say stuff following this, but you know, this is one of the takeaways that I want to leave people with is like, you are not meant to be living in pain or discomfort. Like Mm -mm. it is not normal for you to be constipated. It's not normal for you to have diarrhea. It's not normal for you to have stomach aches every day. Like it breaks my heart. Like cramp and me in pain on your period. Right. Um, Or to have headaches every day. And like, I'm speaking from, I don't know if I talked about this like last season, but from like age 11 to 18, I had stomach aches literally like every day of my life. And every doctor, anyone, like no one ever made the connection to me between gut health and, or just gut health in general. It was just like looking right. at like what was wrong with me rather than like boosting my gut health. And and especially not like the emotional. Well, I was just going to say, and not looking at the, what was affecting my gut because the gut and the brain are like, yeah. So it just breaks my heart when it's just like, oh, like it's normal. You'll just like, it's like some foods just like don't sit well and you just, sometimes you don't poop for a couple days and like, it's fine. No, it's not okay. Like you deserve to live a pain-free life. Like you deserve to thrive every day of your life. And if 
and don't believe, don't like settle for constipation. <laughs> like don't settle like to live like that. It's just, it sucks that people have been fed this lie and people, yeah, people have been lied to, lied to into like thinking that pain is pain and discomfort is just like what you have to live with as a human and especially a woman yeah like it goes both ways in these scenarios right and like get yourself a like do do a little self-care practice of finding a health practitioner that doesn't try to shut you up with medicine right like like you mentioned like people have headaches every day like I had migraines and headaches every day for years of my life and Mm -hmm. was just kept being given different pills and things like that. And it's like, that is just like an excuse for you to like get me out of the office to like finish this 15 minute window of time that you have for me before you build my insurance. Like, no, there are solutions, root cause solutions. You deserve that. You really do. Well, I hope this conversation was everything you hoped and dreamed it would be, Emily. (laughs) I guess you didn't dream. You didn't go to sleep. Yeah, I was really, (laughs) this is really my, I don't know when this is going to be released, but well, yeah, it will have been released by now. Um, Be dropping a video, very more, much more concise going into like in the context of birth, like how did we get here? But it's very connected with the medical industry and the healthcare system. So mm-hmm. I'll let everyone know where to find that at the time. But this is, it's the most important conversation I think we could be having right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, yeah. <sighs> so anyways, if you ever want to hear us talk more about this, um, <laughs> You can find us on Instagram at the Fifth Element Pod. You can Everyone's watch- like, please no. <laughs> right. If anyone wants to like talk to us live um, and ask questions or clarifications or, you know, debate us, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, no one's ever won a debate with me because I'm just like, it's true. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'd love if someone wants to challenge that, I'd love it. But like, just know that I spend 99.9% of my time thinking and studying and reading about these things. So bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if you do want that challenge um, in your life, you will be on Twitch uh, streaming yeah, live. Will. So you can talk to us in the comment section. I'll warn you, Emily has Mars in Leo. I have Mars in, in Pisces. House. So I'll be a little more. Well, I have Pisces in the ninth house. So it will come from a place of intellect my uh comebacks but it will be a little bit more <laughs> emotionally like grounded wow that makes so much sense yeah wow. i'm like i'm right because i know what i'm talking about and like i do right and it's like it comes from an embodied place of knowing like wow sorry true. you don't have a developed intuition facts <laughs> there you go there you go <gasps> well um thanks for listening season two (laughs) getting spicy i was gonna say we're back and spicier than ever (laughs) oh this has been great bye bye